Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. everybody welcome to today's issues on the american family radio network afr thanks for listening as always we appreciate it we don't take you for granted here as uh, listeners and supporters of american family radio tim wildman here on this monday may the 3rd with ed vitagliano good morning ed good morning tim are you sir i'm doing good it's may we're yeah. starting to get in. You know, we've still got some pretty weather. Just are seeing some of these flowers pop up from oh, yeah. April showers. Yes. <laughs> April huh? showers. Bring. May flowers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Brother Fred. And I can say in capital letters, I am glad to be here this morning. <laughs> capital letters. All caps. 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 All caps. That means he's yelling at you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. I'm glad to be here because of what happened last night in our hometown here. Right. Yeah, we had tell them about it, Fred. Yeah, I was getting set to go to bed, and my daughter said, "Hey, we just got a tornado, not a tornado watch, tornado warning," mm-hmm. and we start flipping on the local television, and there it was coming. Mm-hmm. And it, the the weather guy, the local weather guys, this is dire. Yeah, this has potential to be catastrophic. When they start using words like that, and you can, of course, nowadays you can see the advancement of this thing. A radar on the screen, and it was heading toward us. And there's been some mm. bad tornadoes in and around our area over the years. Mm-hmm. So you pay attention to those things. Yeah, uh, I I watch uh, uh, the local guy Matt Lobhan. Shout mm-hmm. out to him and his team. Yes, they're at WTVA. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I tend to be one of those guys because I got the same warning, and I'm one of those guys that go. Uh, huh. All right, and but my son called, and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, what are you doing?" I, I said, well, "I'm just sitting in my chair. I'm on the computer." He said, uh, "They they're talking about the possibility of a tornado," and he named the, the road near my near our street. Uh-huh. I said, "Okay, yeah, all right, I'm hanging up." So we got in my wife and I, my daughters uh, with us, and so we got in our closet and waited waited twenty minutes for yep. the. We got all clear. We added our three cats yeah. in our inner room and uh, waited for the past. And the good news is uh, there was some property damage, but as as far as this moment to the moment, uh, nobody hurt, or, uh, no fatalities. So right. very very happy to report that. Yeah, this is uh, this went to this particular tornado went uh, uh, about I guess about a mile and a half, two miles south of where we sit. Where near my where my parents are, right for their home. Yeah, you texted some of us and asked us to pray because it was. Yeah, I mean it's like you listening to the to the weather, right? And and it's it's one thing when they say, uh, and okay, for a tornado watch, first of all, nobody in the heartland or the south even pays attention to that. <laughs> I know our friends in the maybe in the northeast and out west go. They say tornado watching. You don't even listen to them. Right. No, we don't even listen to them. <laughs> and then when they say tornado warning, uh, then your your antenna goes up because we get buzzed on 
uh, the phones, right, right uh, for the weather service. But then you look and say, well, like, Ed, should I get out of my chair? <laughs> how, just how close is it? Is it in the south part of the county? Because they will. Or, the, the, if it's in the county, there's a warning. Yes, and they know almost precisely where right. this is because of the debris, they say, from the weather uh, radar. And the sirens start going off. Sirens, that's an eerie sound, but the yeah. sirens start going off. But it is, a little, you know, you, you, if the sirens start going off, you go, oh, okay, well, <laughs> maybe I need to maybe I need to check it out, honey. What do well, you think? Well, we're in the county, so we don't hear the sirens. Uh, I, well, you, I, don't? I, you don't? No. Oh. No, they live way out in the county, but yeah. Okay. But I, I will these say civil this. defense sirens are, are they get your attention. Go yeah. ahead. I, I will say this. I can tell when my when my dad and my two sisters start watching the news like this morning, because I I could time when I got calls from them uh-huh. and I was in meetings, but they were all worried because they had seen sure. on the news because it made the national news. Yes. That, uh, mm. Yeah. So in 2014, we had a tornado that hit one mile north of us. Yes. Where we sit <laughs> yesterday, one mile south of us. Yeah. Uh, where we sit. So anyway, that's just uh, life in the south in the spring. You yes. Know, you get you sort of get used to these uh, kinds of, of things. But thank God, no loss of life, uh, some property damage. But I know uh, uh, it's, uh, it's just the way it is for two or three months here. Right. Uh, I, I tell you all the story about our friends from Philadelphia, right? Yes. Uh, I, I think I've told this before. but Mike and Debbie Hamilton. Mike and Debbie Hamilton. They were down here from Philadelphia. This is in 14 when the tornado hit in 14. Uh, they they had they were in town uh, and visiting with us, and it was one of those days where they where Jim Cantori comes to your town. <laughs> that's not a good sign, right? Right, that's right. And and there's like saying Tupelo today is ground zero for from the Weather Channel for potential tornado according to the Weather Channel. Anyway, so I have a meeting. We let our staff go early in the afternoon because they said it's about to get bad, you know. Yeah. So my, I'm having a meeting with Mike and Debbie. Again, they're from Philadelphia, PA, and uh, I, they, they're, they're, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pay attention to this because I'm the only one left. I let all the staff go home. It's just me meeting with them, but I felt like I can't let these people come all the way down from Philadelphia and then not give them the decency of an hour or so right. to talk to them about, the, you know, they help our ministry. Right. We do some business with them. All the while, I'm looking out the window. Yeah, you you ever have a conversation with somebody and they're looking past you? Yes, they're watching the game. Or I know yeah. husbands never do this, right? <laughs> yes, honey, whatever you say. What did I just say? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know exactly, but whatever you said is good with me. Anyway, so I'm talking to them. They we 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 end our meeting. You're I'll looking say, out the window because it's getting dark. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's getting it. And uh, for people who. Uh, you know, the sky sort of turns, if it's in the daytime, the sky turns a weird kind of orange, red, purple state. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't your average tornado watch. Right. Anyway, sent them back to their hotel. Oh, my goodness. Well, they're at their hotel here in town. The tornado comes right to the hotel. Yes. And Mike is out there. He said he he's had never to, seen one. No, he'd never seen one. He had to get by behind the counter at the hotel to avoid flying debris and glass. He went inside when some of the cars in the parking lot started yes. flipping. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so these poor people, they you know they they come to from Philadelphia to Tupelo and they get hit by a tornado in their hotel. I go to get them out of the hotel because there's the roads were covered up with 
all kind of stuff. You couldn't get, I had to walk like half a mile to go get them out of their hotel. Their, their rental car was no good. Right. Trashed. Trashed. And so we had to walk them back. They're, they're like shell shocked. You can imagine. <laughs> Take them to the rental car place to get another rental car so they can go back to, so they can go to Memphis and get on a plane and get, get out of this, <laughs> get out of this uh, place. And uh, as we're driving around the city of Tupelo, to, I was to show them, okay, here's here's the highway to Memphis. It's, if you want to leave Tornado Town, here's what you need to do. I see another funnel cloud oh. in the sky. Of course, we always, would you see another funnel cloud, right? <laughs> I see another funnel cloud. I'm not kidding you. And and I'm like going, okay, that looks to me like a tornado, and we're driving towards it. Right. <laughs> so I pull over and I tell them. You should have seen their faces. They're in the other car behind me. They pull a roller window now, and I said, we're going to have to stop right here. I said, I think I saw another tornado. <laughs> and and Mike looks at me, and he's just like uh, white as a sheet, and he says, uh, I feel like we're in a movie. <laughs> he said, I feel like we're in a you know, twister. He, yeah, all he like, needed was a cow to come flying yeah. by. Uh, anyway. Got him on the road home, uh, and uh, hadn't been back since. I told him, I said, if y'all come back down here, you might want to come in like December, right, or January, <laughs> or something like that. Don't come in the springtime. All right, a lot to uh, talk about other than the Tupelo tornado, uh, but we thank you for uh, praying for us, and we're fine here in our studios. Uh, everything's every, everything's fine. Our staff uh, mostly avoided, as yes. far as I know, yes, home damage or anything like that. All right, Fred. Well, we reported last week that since Joe Biden became president of the United States, the estimate is more than 600,000 have crossed our southern border illegally. Since when? Since Joe Biden became president, January 2021 of this year. And we now know most thousands of them, tens of thousands of them are simply being released. They, They can't. You know, after they're housed in the Biden detention centers, then they're releasing them. There's just so many. The border's overrun. They can't process everybody, so they just say, go on your way. Go Is that on what your you're way. Saying? Yes. Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon, news broke. Cops in Houston, Texas, get this tip Thursday night. There's a house in a neighborhood in the city of Houston, and the neighbor's Apparently, start seeing some activity there that doesn't look right. The cops show up. They find 90 people in a residential home, five-bedroom, two-bathroom home, 90 people. And in the politically correct language of the Associated Press, they identify them as undocumented. In other words, these are all people in the country illegally. There's several women, most of them apparently young men. They've already been reported that some of them have COVID, tested positive for COVID. But this is what's happening, folks. The border is overrun. Hundreds of thousands of people coming in the country. This is just one incident. One incident. 90 people in this crowded into this single residential house. And then on the weekend... We have another case. This is off the coast of San Diego. A vessel, uh, at least two, three, four dozen people aboard, and we now know authorities are saying these are people being smuggled into the country. 
because they know our borders are open, that, that if they make it to our turf now, they're going to get to stay. And then there was the incident in March, I forget this was Arizona or Texas, where there's van full, was a 20 or more people hit by an 18-wheeler. Right. Remember that incident? Sadly, most of those people were killed. Now, in the case with this uh, with this boat, yes. with this vessel, that that tipped, right? Yeah. Bad seas. Yeah. It's It just was, it could not handle five, six-foot waves, et cetera, et cetera. Three people died in that. There was a, just a really bad undertow, the, the folks were saying, but they were able to rescue 20 to 24 of the people that were on that vessel. So there you have three incidents just in recent weeks of the impact that President Joe Biden's open border policy is having on this country. Those are just three incidents that we're aware of. You know, Biden and Harris are acting like this doesn't even exist. No, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, was given charge. I I don't know how happy she was about this assignment, but President Biden basically put her over the situation on the border. They're not calling it a crisis or a catastrophe. Like well, Biden did, but then Jen Psaki quickly re- rebuked him. Right. She, she, re- she circled back. She rebuked her. She rebuked her boss. Yeah. Because her, her, he, he accidentally slipped and called it a crisis on the border. The next day she says, no, he didn't really mean that. Right. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, I, I I forget what I was going to say, but it was really good. Yeah. It was really yeah. going to be important. Well, uh, go ahead. But, but, but also to the point, on the weekend, Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, does a TV interview. I forget which network it was. Maybe this is not going to shock people. But he says the crisis, well, he didn't use the word crisis. What's happening on our southern border? It's Donald Trump's fault. There, Dan you, there you go. All right. So we're going to hear from our Secretary of State, Blinken, and also a response from conservative commentator Dan Bongino, cut number five. We inherited a totally broken system, uh, broken intentionally. Traffickers and others are trying to tell them that the border is open. It's not. How do you fall for this stuff? Do you wake up in the morning if you're a liberal Biden acolyte, right, and you say, How do I get suckered today? Tony Blinken is now saying they inherited a broken system. His words, right? Everybody heard it. And that that broken system, his words under President Trump, we had an average of about 30,000, 40,000 people trying to cross the border illegally every month that we know about. That's broken, okay? Libs, math here. We're going to do numbers. I know this is hard. And now we have under Joe Biden an average of about 100,000 a month. The system then would be three times more broken hmm. under Biden. Uh, that Blinken fella? Yes. He's a liar. Okay. Uh, and I don't like calling people that, even, even, even people I politically disagree with. But when they intentionally try to mislead the American people on something and the press lets them get away with it because the press agrees with Biden, this goes on day in and day out. It's, it's just a travesty that the press doesn't even – I don't know what the follow-up with this fellow was, Blinken, the Secretary of, is he Secretary of State. Yes, he is. Secretary of State. Uh, well, why is it Biden? Why isn't Harris speaking out on this? She should be the one doing the interview. She's the one giving the assignment of dealing with the border, and she hasn't said squat about it. She's done a couple of Zoom calls with the Guatemala president or somebody or the Mexican president like this. She doesn't care about the uh, uh, uh 
folks, again, we're talking about, you know this, we're talking about hundreds of thousands. They're, they're saying upwards maybe of a million people by the end of the year who are coming into, pouring into our country illegally and then being uh, basically sent all over the country. So, uh, some of them getting hotel rooms and flights and buses and uh, I don't know. Trips. I don't know how the president can, if if he's, I guess, he, I guess Tony Blinken is speaking for the president. That's his job. Yes. I don't know how President Biden gets away with uh, claiming that this is President Trump's fault when during the campaign he invited President Biden, I mean, can, uh, candidate Biden uh, invited a surge. No, it's all Biden's fault. Right. It's all Biden's fault. It, it, this, I'm not saying, uh, you know, uh, I'm talking about the, the, the border crisis. The immediate the, one. The immediate border crisis. Yeah, uh, people have come here illegally crossing our border under, under Republicans and Democrats. So that's not, uh, not out, of the, out of the norm. What's out of the norm is what Dan Bangino was talking about here, where now you've increased three times as many people are coming here. Why? Because Biden said, y'all come. Right. He said, I want to surge. I want to give you free health care. And then they're acting like, we don't understand why people are coming here. We're going to study this. We're going to put this in a committee. Meanwhile, we're going to blame President Trump for yeah, so, the quote-unquote broken right. system. And the reason, they get, the, the reason they think they can get away with this, although I don't think they're getting away with it altogether, but is the complicit media that we've talked about before, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, when all you got is Peter Ducey to ask you a hard question, <laughs> uh, that's the Fox News guy. Right. And that's it. That's the only one you've got to avoid if you're Jen Psaki, mm-hmm. the spokesperson for the uh, for the White House, uh, and nobody's going to challenge you. Uh, it's really stunning. We have a, somebody I read over the weekend basically called it, we have a state-run media. Basically now, because they're all in it together, they're not going to do anything to challenge the uh, the White House uh, on 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 negative news. The other thing here is, so you got, uh, and then you couple that with the fact that Biden is not accessible at all. Right. Remember the other day, he's walking out of the White House, going to, going to some function. He ha- he stops for one question. I th- he you know what he does. He stops to make a statement. Outside with his with his mask on, huh? Which is against CDC recommendations. So they're not following the science. Right. Biden is not following the science. Okay. Despite the fact he tells us to. He's a science denier. Okay. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fist pump, right? Yes, there. it is. Science yeah. denier. So he's outside, and he and he 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 waits. He falls for. I put that in quotations. A question from one of the media. He falls for. Yes. You have the clip. All right. So that's the setup. He's walking out of the White House, got his mask on, out in the open air, and and he makes this statement, and then a question is asked, and, and, uh, and let's uh, hear what happens here. India, they're suffering at what this moment. What do you say moment. to the folks in well, India? Look, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to – this is the last question I'll take, and I, I'm really going to be in trouble. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The, the, the White House don't, doesn't want to give uh, the media any access, especially when he's alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's standing beside him to prod him or pull him away. That's the reason he says I'm going to get in trouble because yeah. he's been told do not answer questions mm-hmm. from the media or else we're, you're going to get in trouble, Mr. Most Powerful Person in the World. <laughs> huh? Amazing. Uh, well, you you want to go in time? Jen Psaki told him, you want to go in time out? <laughs> then you start taking questions from, uh, from the media. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say this, just short and sweet. I think that the crisis – on the border 
is Joe Biden's fault. That's why Kamala Harris doesn't want to be attached to it because then she owns it. If she becomes the point person on the crisis at the border, she owns it and anything bad that happens is on her and she wants to be president next. You know, here's the other thing that's happening. Some pictures of what's happening on the border are getting out there. The Biden detention centers, people being jammed into these areas that fit for 30 people. you got 300 people in there. One of the most striking pictures that I've seen, because one of the first executive orders that President Joe Biden signed was stop building the border wall. You're seeing people, you're seeing portions of the border wall that were constructed and people are now walking through areas where the border wall has been completed. Right. Now, why would you, why, why in the world? I know the answer to this question, people, so I'm not as dumb as I seem. Why in the world, if you're for controlling the border, would you stop construction of the border wall that's already taken place? Why would you order it to stop? Yeah. Answers? Well, well the, I, I think the answer is, is you're lying when you say you want to control the border. Bingo. Right. It's like saying, I want to build protection into my house. I'm going to uh, put better locks on my door. But then I don't put better locks on the door. In right. fact, I put a sign up that says, I don't have locks on my door. Right, And you wonder why they're flooding into your house. Right. Right. So what? what, what is your... No, I, that's what I was going to say. You don't really believe in securing the border. In fact, if you really had the courage, I believe the Biden administration would start tearing down the wall that's already been built. I just don't think they'd think that's a political winner to be seen yeah. tearing down that wall as people are already flooding across the border. Well, the, the problem is this: if it were just left to the 90% of the news media, who CNN, for example, they're not going to give any attention to this issue because they know it makes Biden look bad and they don't want the Democrats to lose in the midterms. Right. So they're just not going to cover it. Uh, however... You've got people like Democrat governors, uh, the, well, the Democrat senator from uh, Arizona, Democrat sheriffs. You do have some pushback within the party of people who are personally affected on the border saying this has got to stop. Uh, and and so uh, that, that may cause this issue to get some more attention. I do think this, this has great potential for – for hurting the Democrats greatly in the 2022 midterms. Of course, that's a year and a half from now. But uh, I know we have to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the special election in yeah. Texas on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. I, I think that is the first indication because the Democrats got totally wiped out in that special and they election. They were expecting to compete. They were expecting to compete, but it's going to be two Republicans in the runoff. Yeah, The Democrat totally shut out. Are you telling a Democrat to totally shut up, Ed? Or, I mean, Fred, shut are, you, out. are you saying shut out? Shut out. Shut out. Okay, okay. That's I, a hockey term. A, <laughs> shut out. Shut out. Yep. Uh, okay, we shall take a uh, timeout right here. When we get back from the break, we will discuss said issue that Fred has brought up and other topics here on the program. Today's issues on American Family Radio. So stay with us.
on the next Today's Issues. We appreciate hearing from you. You can send us an email at comments at AFR.net. I pastor a small church, so I have to have a full-time job on the side. Uh, when I try to feed the flock, y'all feed me, and I thank God for y'all. If you want to uh, watch the show live, you can go to Facebook or YouTube. Just type in Today's Issues, and you can also access the stories that we talk about. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Two Roosevelt University professors were caught on an open microphone during a Zoom call discussing how they use their classrooms to teach students about social justice all day, every day. That's what the professors said. One of them, who teaches a master's class in fiscal policy, said his students were always stunned that he focused on social justice instead of balancing a checkbook. I wrote a book in 2019 that illustrated how the nation's public university system had been radicalized how professors were using their classrooms to raise up a new generation of Marxist and social justice warriors. Since then, we have seen the rise of the cancel culture movement and the birth of radical domestic armies like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And now many radicalized professors are openly boasting of how they teach social justice values every day in their classrooms. That's why I would encourage you to homeschool your children. I'm Todd Starnes. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Ed and Fred, we thank you for listening to AFR. Hey, Ed, mention that story you just talked about because our folks can pray for this situation. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a two-year-old boy. His name is Noah Gabriel Trout, 
and a Fox News story, it's second or third on the Fox News website, says a missing two-year-old boy from Virginia is believed to be in extreme danger, extreme danger, as the FBI has joined the search for an unknown person allegedly seen leading the child out of a small-town church during Sunday service. So the Virginia State Police have issued an Amber Alert uh, on behalf of uh, Noah Gabriel Trout. And uh, so it, it just caught my eye, uh, whether you have children or, in, in our case, you know, grandchildren, um, you just your heart goes out to families who I'm sure are just very, very frightened, afraid for their little well, boy. I would ask our folks to pray about that. Yes, please that pray. Little, that little Noah. Yes, for little Noah, uh, Gabriel Trout, two years old, pray that um, either the person who has done this will turn the child back in, drop him off unharmed, or that the uh, law enforcement uh, of officials will find him. So you, so he was kidnapped at church. Uh, That's it, what it appears. The picture seems to show this person just uh, walking the child out. So it didn't seem to be a grab and run out, just uh, walking with the child out of the uh, of the church. I tell you what, you can't let your children get out from under your sight for any reason, for any length of time. It's different today. when we were all growing up. You know, this this yes, didn't go yes, on. No, we, we roamed the neighborhoods and and can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Sad, sad, and tragic, but yep. you can't. Uh, by the way, if you want to join us on the internet, go to YouTube or Facebook and type in Today's Issues. YouTube or Facebook, YouTube or Facebook, type in Today's Issues and you can join us, watch the show on the internet, listen to the show. We also post the stories that we discuss. Fred, next, story, next topic. Yeah, on Saturday, there was a special election or the first phase of a special election uh, to fill a seat in the 6th District. That was held by Republican Ron Wright. He uh, sadly passed away due to COVID several months ago. And uh, that's the uh, southeastern parts of Fort Worth. That's what the 6th District represents. In any event, there was a runoff on Saturday. His widow, Susan Wright, uh, came out on top in that. And then another Republican finished in the top two. So somewhere down the road, they're not sure what the date is, there'll be a runoff between two Republicans. Now, this was being watched in advance of the vote on Saturday because the Democrats were hopeful that they were going to maybe pull a victory there. Uh, Trump won that district by double digits uh, back in 2016, but he only won it, or the Republicans only won it, by a three-percentage margin uh, in last year's election, last fall's election. So they were hopeful this might be one that they pick up. But that wasn't the case to be. Really interesting, part of the mixture in the run-up to that special election on Saturday, uh, there were several never-Trump Republicans uh, who showed up. One of them, Adam Kitzinger. Uh, He is a Republican from Illinois. He's one of the Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump. He went down there. I'm not sure what he was trying to do, whether he was trying to help the Democrats, whatever the case may be. But he went down there basically to try to turn people again, uh, I think, against uh, Ms. Wright, uh, who was running, who was endorsed by President Trump. By the way, Kinzinger, 
met with George W. Bush while he was down there last week. So there's a never-Trumper meeting with George W. Bush. That's it's just part of the story, I think, here. There is an element of never-Trump that's out there, but in this case, in the 6th District, uh, Trump's endorsement. Well, and, I, and I would say that uh, George W. Bush, while I thought he was a, a good president, mm-hmm. is, I, I, in my opinion, and I've always believed this and have always said it, he's part of the Republican establishment. The, the Bushes are an establishment family, and I don't think that they, I think they were as aghast that Trump won in 2016 as Democrats were, mm-hmm. you know, so they I would consider them the establishment to be anti-Trump. Very much. That's so. all I wanted to say. Yep. But that was a special election and it will be a Republican maintaining a Republican district though. That's There's right. No, gonna, not going to be a change over there. Um, but anyway. All right, that, that'll, that'll take place soon. Yes. All right. You may remember uh, President Biden's speech to the kind of joint session of Congress there last I week. I memorized it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean to go to paragraph four? Birth, <laughs> paragraph five, four. Yes. Verse three? <laughs> verse three. You remember no, one, of the, one of the statements that he made is that the biggest one of the biggest problems the country has, according to President Biden, is that we have a problem with white supremacy. That caught a lot of attention. And we know that since President Biden came into office, both he and his vice president, Kamala Harris, every chance they get, they talk about racism in this country. Racism. Yeah. Tim Scott, in response to President Biden's speech, remember what he said, Tim Scott, South Carolina senator? He said this is not a racist country. This is not a racist country. Now, some on the left have challenged him on that, and that's to be expected. And mocked him. And mocked him for that. But Liz Peake, who is a, a Fox conservative commentator, has a very interesting piece. It, and the headline is, Biden flip-flops on U.S. racism. Here's what prompted the new White House message. It's a very good piece to read. But basically this, it has been noted in the last few days, that both President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris have said this is not a racist country. Whoa, wait a minute. You have spent a lot of political collateral trying to convince the American people that white supremacy is this huge problem and that there's race, systemic racism everywhere. And, and, their, and their claim seems to be, let me see if I understand this right, Fred, that while the country has a problem with racism and white supremacists are the number one threat and systemically racist, the people aren't racist. That that seems to be the, the distinction that President Biden is making and Vice President Harris. And I, it's, uh, folks are having trouble bringing those things together. Right. How can you be a racist country? Because they're lying again. How many times? <laughs> I, I know I've used, I've used the word. I've used my quota. Of the word lying today. You mean today. the word you hate to use? I, I don't like using it because it impugns people's motives. Right. Absolutely. When oftentimes we don't know the real motives, why people do things, even if they're wrong. But in this case, they're lying. Okay. I don't need a G. Okay. <laughs> they're lying. Biden and Harris are lying. Here's what they're doing. They're pandering to black people and to others of color who aren't the white color. And don't forget the woke, the woke white people. Yes. They want to say to uh, 
black folks and brown folks, they want to look at them and say, listen, people, these white people over here, they are the number one threat to our country. Their white, white supremacy is running amok. Uh, and KKK is holding rallies everywhere. And we're on them. Okay, because why? Because this is a systemically racist country, and we're here to protect you. We're here to, and then they just pander. Okay, reason I say pander, and that they don't believe that 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 white supremacy is the number one threat to our country, is because they turn right around to the general public, including white folks, and they say, "We no, we really don't believe that it's a racist country." Okay. Because the reason they do that is they want to play at both sides. They want to have the, they want to scare the living daylights out of people of color so that they vote for the Democrats so that the grand wizards don't come for them, right? <clears throat> while all the while uh, trying to tell the, maintain some, uh, some credibility over here with their white voters who know that, that white supremacy is not the number one in the country because there are millions and millions of white people who don't even know any white supremacists. Right. Huh? And they don't have meetings. They don't have television networks. They don't have newspapers. Yeah, there's probably a few websites out there that are, right. but in the world, in a country of 330 million people, you're going to have some racist out there. Right. But is it, does it do, do, do the, does the white supremacists, my question would be whoever they are, they're never defined. Have you noticed this? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You just throw it out there. You don't even, and the media is not going to say, can you tell us who these people are, where they live? Right. Where what we, we want to go interview some. What is their organization apparatus? How are they having such a, uh, a, a massive influence on American politics? Like you say, you know, or how, why are they such a threat? You know what they'll do? They show one guy walking through the Capitol on January 6th with a Confederate flag. And that's supposed to represent white supremacy as the greatest threat to our democracy. Right. Why do they do that? Well, I'm glad you ask. It's because <laughs> it's because they don't have to. If they can blame it on the white supremacy and not have to define it, uh, that's the way they get the most votes out of out of the deal. Get, again, scaring people of color to protect them from white supremacists. But also, they don't have to cover Al Qaeda, right? Or the Muslim supremacists that have attacked our country. Many times and will in the future. Uh, they don't want to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been the real threat to the world, quite frankly, uh, is the attacks of, of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, the jihadis. But they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about the boogeyman over here, the white supremacist. That's the most dangerous threat to our country. So, uh, And then they don't have to talk about Antifa or BLM. Well, you know, one of the fascinating things about this uh, Liz Peake article, uh, Fred, was it she addresses the argument that there's white privilege, talking about the economic uh, boon that white people get from this white privilege. The facts don't actually point that out. That's one of the things I love the most about this article. Yeah, here's what she had to say about that. Excuse me, Fred, have we posted this article? Okay, so if you want to get the article Fred's about to quote that Ed's referencing, which is excellent, an excellent article, we posted it on our Today's Issues Facebook page. You can go there and access it. Go ahead. To, to Ed's point about the argument that whites have privilege in this country, 
Listen to this. This is what Liz Peake says. And this, the data that she's given you here is from the Census Bureau, all right? It's not Republican spin. Right. It's from the Census Bureau. Indeed, she says, it is Indian Americans, and I assume she is saying people who from initially India. immigrated from right. India, okay? It is Indian Americans who earn by far the highest incomes in the U.S. at more than $119,000, followed by Taiwanese Americans, Filipino Americans, and Chinese Americans. She says white Americans are only the ninth most prosperous group, with median incomes just shy of $66,000. And again, that's according to Census Bureau data. So if you're talking about white people having privilege because they have white skin, the latest data from the Census Bureau totally refutes that. Right. Now, so, so what are the groups that, that on average make more money than, than, uh, than white people? Well, there's, there's eight because uh, white Americans are last, but this lists the top four, I think. Yes, white white Americans. Indian are Americans like, first. Okay, the Indian Americans are uh, they're like math and science geniuses. Yes, and they, they and they're pretty good in the hotel business too. Yes, yes. and your local Seven <laughs> Eleven. They're, they're pretty uh, uh, business savvy. Yes, okay? yes. and so they work hard. They work hard. They make right choices. In they get their whole family involved. Yeah, I mean know. it's uh, no uh, that doesn't surprise me. What's the second group? Taiwanese Americans, and then Filipino Americans, and then Chinese Americans. And I would say there are a lot of folks who come from Japan, whose origins come from Japan. Right. They work very hard. Yeah. They're fam- yeah. like edu- family businesses. Yes. Okay. So and, what's what's the overarching point of the article? There is no such thing as white Well, the, the, uh, uh, the, point, of the, the point of the article was hitting the Biden administration for this flip-flop, kind of like what you're saying. How can they believe that America is a systemically racist country if you also claim that the people aren't racist. And then Liz Peake hits at some of these canards like uh, white privilege. Now, I will say that black Americans rank last in terms of median average income, according to the Census Bureau data. So I would just simply ask black Americans, if you if you are in last place, do you want to rethink the policies that you are supporting and have been supporting with the Democratic Party over the last 50 or 60 years? Because it's not getting you anywhere. This is why President Trump began to increase his numbers in the black and Hispanic communities, because for the first time in, remember, like 60 or 70 years, mm-hmm. wages had increased. Their unemployment level was the lowest in the, you know, decades and decades and decades so ask yourself is the are the policies i'm supporting with my vote actually translating into me moving up that ladder so anyway i guess that was a drop no that was yeah well that's you're absolutely right it benefit it benefits the democrats to keep as many people on the welfare system as possible because they know that they're going to vote for Democrats. Where are you going to go? Huh? Where if you if if you are locked in to that Genera- generational welfare welfare cycle, yeah, where are you going to go if you're a voter? You're going to go okay. Democrats every day, all day. That's mm-hmm. what the Democratic Party's banking on. Yeah, and it's worked for them pretty good over the years. And I think there's a philosophy within the Democratic Party of control uh, that your welfare. I th- I think the Democratic Party has played the race card. 
And the reason they're doing it is to continue to get the black vote. You must vote for us because we'll keep giving you money, keep giving you programs. All of these programs, well, these, what, $4 trillion now in programs? Let's face it, a lot of it is aimed at folks uh, that feel feel they've been told they've been done wrong. Yeah. I will say that, yes, I will say this. I think, I don't know to what level this is accelerating, but I do think more and more African-American Americans are waking up yes. to the game here. Right. <laughs> and you're seeing more and more middle income, upper middle income African-Americans who, are, who know, the, know how the game's played now, know yeah. what the Democrats are doing. Listen, I'm not saying you have to vote Republican all right. the time. Uh, people have honest reasons why they vote Democrat or Republican that aren't necessarily because of uh, handouts. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I think more and more of a, more and more African American uh, people are waking up to to the, to the way that the Democrats oftentimes exploit them for votes by scaring them to death or by, uh, by saying we're, we're, you know, the Republicans, well, I didn't give you an example of this Biden a few years ago. Remember he's campaigning and he said, I think he was VP and he said to a group of African-Americans, those Republicans, they going to keep y'all in chains. Mm-hmm. Remember that's what he right. said. They, they going to keep y'all in chains. That's how he, I think that's about how he said it. Uh, I don't know if you can find that Brent. Now, if you're an African-American person attending this conference, you not go, come on, dude. You're pandering to us, man. Right. You think you think we're about you really think we're about to go in back in chains like right. slaves? That's what Biden is trying to tell him. Yeah, if you don't vote for us, you poor folks are going to go back in chains. Right, like they're stupid. Well, you know, that's how he's playing them, like they're stupid, I, and, and that's why he also says, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah, right. So well, pandering is that, the word I That use. is a good point that leads into another, another point that Liz Peake is making in this piece. She said, the Democratic modus operandi has been, you are defined by your skin color. You are defined by your skin color. Here's what Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott said uh, last, last Tuesday or Wednesday night in his response. Scott said in his speech, and this is in the Liz Peake piece, a hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, Tim Scott says, kids again are being taught that the color of their skin defines them. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. He's referring to critical race theory there. Yeah, right. That if you have white skin, you're you're an oppressor. This is what the Democratic Party has tried to do. A race war. They want a race war. They want a race war. And more and more people are saying, I'm fed up with this nonsense. Yeah. I'm they fed up to, with it. Uh, uh, Brent uh, Creeley, our producer, found that quote. Again, this is uh, Joe Biden. I think he was VP, but uh, he was uh, he was speaking to a group of African-Americans, and this is what he said to them. Look at what they value and look at their budget and what they're proposing. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first 100 days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. (laughs) What do you, 
What do you say? That must that, have man? been that must have been the 2012 campaign. Yeah. Because he's talking about Romney. I'm talking about Romney. What, 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 how does he say it? He's almost mocking uh, uh, how an African American person would talk. Listen to it again. Look at what they value and look at their budget and what they're proposing. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Oh, I, no, I think I think Joe Biden uses y'all a lot. From Delaware? <laughs> I think he was trying to mock a, uh, an old imitate, plan, an old imitate, yeah. He was trying to imitate an old plantation owner from down south back in the 1800s. Yeah. That's what he was trying to They're going to put y'all back in chains. Right. Anyway, I just bring that up. I just remember that. that but you could go on time and time again where he, uh, uh, I, I call it just outright panders. To uh, to the African American community, but remember, he was just in the last year during the election campaign. He was on with a black uh, talk show host. Yeah, and what what did he say? Yeah, it was if, a podcast or radio no, show or something. It's uh, Charmaine the Char, something. Charmaine the. It was some. It was a very popular uh, African American talk show host nationally. Yeah, and and what he said: if you don't vote Democrat, you're not black. Right. Yeah, if you don't, he yeah, got hammered for that. If you actually. don't vote for me. You ain't you ain't black. Again, yeah. He tries to throw that uh, down south, um, right, uh, accent in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't because you, you ain't black because all black people talk with a southern accent. Apparently, that's, that's what he was trying. That's to what say, he's or, implying. Anyway, I think, uh, 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 African Americans from Chicago might disagree. I think more and more uh, folks are catching on to yes. how the game that's being played here. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio. That what got me too was, fellas, on this is that uh, th- well, this race car, this hope for a race war that's being pushed by the left in this country is. Uh, listen, I don't mind being specific with a criticism about something that is racist or said that is racially charged or that does happen. So. Right. I, I'm I'm fine with uh, people being called out for things of that nature. What I have a problem with is using racism charges of racism in broad generic terms, where you don't have to define anything, where you don't have to get specific. You don't you, even have to prove it. You don't even have to prove it. You throw it out there, and that's why you called Tim Scott last week and Uncle Tom. Well, what about? What Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, African-American, said in the content of his speech in response to President Biden's speech makes him an Uncle Tom just because he's a Republican. You see what I'm saying? They don't have to. They just throw it out there. Right. And that was one of the things that they did against Trump, President Trump. They just said, oh, he's a white supremacist. Really? Okay. That's a very serious charge. How do you prove that? Oh, uh, well, uh, he's a Republican, number Charlottesville. one. Charlottesville. Charlottesville. He's a white supremacist. Even though there was Donald Trump had been around in the public eye for three decades, had the most popular TV show uh, on, on, the, on the networks for, what, 10 years? Or one of the most popular, The Apprentice. Uh, of all the things that he was maybe criticized for, never, ever was there a hint in Donald Trump's life or his business dealings or in his personal relationships with people 
that people said he was a racist or a white supremacist. You would have think that would he would have been outed for that. Right. Huh? In some way, form or fashion. Now there were other criticisms of him being a playboy or some people said he, he did people wrong in business deals or what, things of that nature. It was only when he become, became president that the media started going, Hey, he's a white supremacist. Right. You know? So, uh, they use this canard, as you say, Ed, uh, against uh, many Republicans, and they they can do it. Even though President Trump uh, gave all that money, uh, approved of permanent funding for historically black colleges, black colleges. Yeah. Uh, Obama didn't do that. Right. President Trump supported black colleges having funding for what ten years or something like that. Obama never even did. He had yeah they had to do that annually under Obama. What I'm saying is. President Trump was more supportive of college of black kids getting a college education than Obama was. Is that a racist? Would a racist right. do that? You see what I'm saying? Right. So the media gets away with this. And as I said, I don't have a problem with people being specific about things that are, that are, that are racist. If you want to say our policies that are, but nothing president Trump, he was the one that initiated the, uh, uh, w- along with some of the Democrats, the uh, prison reform, which I didn't care for. I thought it was bad policy yeah. for the most part, but he still did it. Uh, Biden was the one who initiated uh, cracking down on African-American. Uh, with the 1994 yeah, bill. Yeah, you see what I'm supported. saying? Mm-hmm. So, all right, we're going to take a break right here. We shall return momentarily with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, thank you, Fred. You're welcome. Steve Jordan will be coming over. <clears throat> Tell him to check for tornadoes <laughs> on the way over. Okay. We'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.